Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, the crime critic, back with another episode for y'all. In this episode, man, I'm going to talk about something that's extremely personal to me. I've never discussed it before. Uh, before I get into it, man, again, man, y'all, I thank y'all for all the support that you've been giving me and showing me, and uh, I really appreciate that. I, I, I don't have the words to express how grateful I am that uh, anybody... Uh, is listening to what I have to say and is interested in what I have to say. I really uh, can't express the uh, gratefulness that I have for every one of you, each and every one of you that listen to my podcast or my YouTube page. I really appreciate that. And uh, But let me get into this episode. I'm going to be talking about uh, my oldest son, Montrez. Uh, I don't think you've heard me talk about him a lot. But my oldest son, Montrez, he has uh, mental illness, right? Uh, I'm not sure of his diagnosis, but I think from what I've been told, I think he suffers from paranoid delusions, schizophrenia, something like that, right? But uh, this is hard for me to talk about because uh, it's my oldest son, and I love him. And he's suffering, and, and, and I'm not able to be there for him. And I want people to understand that that is another consequence of being in prison. You are not going to be able to be there for those that you really love that need you uh, when they need you. Uh, being in here is uh, you're cut off from being able to be that support that you need to be for them out there. Uh, love is an action word and it's a long-term game. You cannot think that um, you're doing the best for those individuals that you love when you're doing things that are going to take you away from them. But let me tell you uh, why I want to talk about my son and um, his mental illnesses and what he's going through. This past weekend, um, I was told that my uncle, whom I love dearly, uh, had to take out a restraining order on my oldest son because he was getting irate and aggressive in his behavior. Uh, my son, he suffers from this mental illness. And what people with mental illness do, they go through these cycles, these ups and downs. It's kind of like bipolar, where you're, one minute you're, you're okay, the next minute you're manic. My son, he has this habit of calling and texting all of the members of our family over and over and over, all day long, all night long, 30 and 40 times he'll call them or he'll text them. And my family, all of them work or have their own businesses, and they can't be on the phone with him all the time. All of them understand what he's going through, but they just can't stop what they're doing to answer all of his text messages, answer all of his phone calls. And when they don't answer him, he gets more and more agitated. And this particular day, uh, these couple of days anyway that led up to this restraining order, um, he was calling my uncle 30, 40 times, texting him 30, 40 times a day, all day and all night. And uh, it got to the point to where he was getting upset that my uncle wasn't answering him. And he's going through what they call, what I've learned being in here at this facility where they have mental health patients, he was cycling. He was going through one of those manic moods, right? And my son, he self-medicates uh, from what I'm being told. And 
when I say self-medicate, the honest answer to that is he smokes weed, and I've been hearing that he may even be uh, using uh, cocaine. Um, people are giving him cocaine to put on his weed, whatever, you know what I mean? And a lot of people with mental health do that when they're not taking their meds, and my son has not been taking his meds. And he went up to my uncle's house, and he got aggressive, and he was standing out in front of the house yelling at my uncle in a very disrespectful way. And my son loves my uncle, and he's never talked to my uncle in a disrespectful way. But this day he did, calling my uncle out of his name, telling him to come outside, I'm going to beat you up, and all this and that, right? And listening to my uncle recount this story to me, I, <clears throat> I felt a pain that um, it's hard for me to describe, a sadness, because I love my uncle and I love my son. And to see, to hear my uncle talk about uh, having to call the police and take out a restraining order just so that he could, in any way he could prevent an altercation happening between him and my son was hard to listen to because I'm not there to help my son. And now my son can't go up to my uncle's house. Uh, the police had, they came up there and they told my, my son that he wasn't allowed up there anymore and it was a restraining order put against him. And he said back to the police, he said, you, you can't do this to me. This is where I come to talk to my daddy. You know, I haven't done anything. And they told him if he came back up there that he would go to jail. And uh, my son works at Pizza Hut, you know what I mean? And uh, he, uh, man, this is hard. He used, my uncle holds his money for him and stuff like that, you know, and helps him out, you know. And now that's not a possibility for him. So he's, he wanders around Springfield. He has, we have family all over, and he wanders around staying here and there, whatever. And people let him stay there and spend the night. But it's because of this mental disease that he has that he feels like he has to live his life like this. And this is not uncommon for people that have mental illness, they, they, that are homeless in the streets and things of that nature. Their mind is playing tricks on them. And now the one place that I know that he used to be able to go to and be able to talk to me, he can't do that anymore. And it's a part of me that just is frightening because I feel like he's all alone now. And I'm not upset at my uncle or anybody else in my family because they've done everything that they know to do. Uh, but it's another example of um, how when you're not thinking about if you have kids, you're not thinking about one day they're going to be old and they're going to need you uh, still. And if you're living the lifestyle that I was living that led me to prison, you know, you're not thinking about that. Like I say, love is a long-term game. You have to play the long game when you're talking about loving someone because uh, you never know when they're going to need you. And if you do something to take yourself away from them, you're letting them down, and and, it's, and you're going to feel it like I'm feeling it right now. I'm doing everything I can not to break down during this episode because I'm thinking about him and 
walking around the streets and knowing that I don't know when I'll be able to talk to him again. I don't know when I'll even uh, see him again. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to him. And another thing I want to point out, when my uncle called the police, he asked them what was his options. And they told him that this was the only option. They couldn't commit him or anything like that because he hasn't, hadn't actually done anything to himself or anybody else. And I said to my uncle, that's a pitiful thing because he has to commit a crime before he can get any help. And that makes no sense to me. And uh, it's scary that now I'm in that wait and see mode for when I call home and I find out that he's been arrested. And then maybe he'll get some help, which I know even if he does, it's going to be limited because when they come in here, it's not help to that degree. It's just managing their behavior while they're here. Uh, but I guess that's better than nothing. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I just wanted to put that out there and share that with y'all um, so that you can get another example of uh, the consequences of being in prison and coming to prison and being away from your family. There's going to come a time when uh, if you got people in your life that you love and care about, they're going to need you. And they're going to need you at home. They're going to need you at home, not talking on the phone from prison or in the visitation gallery or writing letters or emails. They're going to need you at home. And I'm in one of those situations right now. I can't do anything to change the outcome for my son, to influence the outcome for my son, because I'm here. All I can do is just wait and see what happens. And that's torture because I'm afraid for my son. And uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <sighs> I'm gonna end that right there. And um, if you got any suggestions, hit me up. Um, if anybody's got any suggestions, I'm, I'm listening, I'm here. Uh, and if you have somebody in your family that uh, has mental issues going on with them, stick with them, man, because they need you. And they're going to need you tomorrow, too. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, the crime critic. I say peace, y'all.